Bruce Lawn. All right, ladies and gentlemen, you know we always, always have some of the flyest guests on this channel. And today's guest is like none other. My man has worked with Tupac, Nas, Fred Hammond, just to name a few. He works with Dash Radio uh online he also is the 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 mastermind behind something i've been talking about a lot which is the 2020 summer fest happening in los angeles september 17th and 18th ladies and gentlemen without any further ado i have to bring in my man mc nice what's the word what's up man, what's up, How man? You doing, sir? yeah I'm fantastic All thank good. you so much for being here brother we've been trying to get this in for a minute so i'm super pumped you're here man so listen uh you you your accolades you know are far-reaching even though people if, if you may not be a household name on this channel yet you've done a lot uh, starting all the way back, as, as far as I can know, the one of my favorite, uh, what is it, what's the word, post postonymous, posthumous? Oh, uh, posthumous. Yeah. Posthumous, thank you. Uh, one of my favorite <laughs> posthumous Tupac songs, which was Thug's Mansion, the acoustic version. Now, a lot of them yep. records that they came out with Tupac afterwards, if we're going to keep it a buck, were not very good. <laughs> but yeah, 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 I feel that you, record yeah. with Nas was one of my favorite, if not my favorite record that, that came out after he passed away. And I, like, recently, like, within the last year, found out that you produced it. So let's yeah. jump in. And, like, how did you get into production and have your hands working with, you know, Tupac and Nas yeah, well, and that whole thing? Well, my my music, uh, my history in music goes back to, like, um, prior to Tupac. I started with the first Latin rap group in the history of rap music to crack the Billboard charts named Lighter Shade of Brown. Okay. Right. And so, you know, we, we have records like Hey DJ and Latin Active and on a Sunday afternoon. So uh, we had already put out a greatest hits album and um, and and I was transitioning from, you know, uh, from from a group, you know, group situation into a duo situation. And the unique thing is, though, when I first started in rap, though, I started as a Christian rapper. Um, but at the time, the church wasn't really checking for Christian rap. And in fact, mm. they called it the devil's music. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And so, mm-hmm. you know, and then when you got the church on you about, you know, doing that devil's music and, you know, you, I tend to, I strayed, you know, from the church and went into the secular side, even though I mm-hmm. kept my, uh, my, my spiritual morals. Like I don't wow. drink, don't smoke, didn't drink, didn't smoke. You yeah. know what I mean? Um, and so going into, uh, going into, uh, you know, that transition from, you know, lighter shade into the, the, it was like the late nineties, early 2000 and i had already met Pac. you know i i even met snoop when, when snoop had a fade he didn't even have braids he had a fade and um and i had already met Pac, but we hadn't really you know worked together and so um it just so happened that when he passed away we was on we was at uh i was in a group called kansas cali mm-hmm. and uh we were on the verge as far as we had did we did the soundtrack to the movie crash um before it won the oscar it was just mm-hmm. like a, a, a thing to do and so people were listening to our our music was like yo you guys are the next r kelly jay-z because mm. that's what we were before i was i had a partner uh named Pitt, and um we were r kelly jay-z before r kelly jay-z you mm. see what i mean and so yeah. and our beats was just as competitive and so when interscope heard you know heard what was going down they was like you guys are the next wave Pac passed away. We trying to find a new sound. And mind you, the song that came out didn't even reflect our sound, by the way. Mm. So uh, and so uh, not only did we, you know, go into the studio, um, we did like 17 songs on Tupac. 
You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And only one of them made it. So think about so, that, right? Yeah. So hold on. So so let's back because there's a whole lot you just said that I got to get into. First of all, let's just stop and acknowledge this man got the platinum Tupac <laughs> plaque behind him. Did y'all see that? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. You got the. You might the be corner. the first guest on here with a platinum plaque. Uh, <laughs> oh, did, did, did you, catch, you, catch, you catch the knives in the corner though. Knives in the corner. Yeah, right hey. here. Boom. Okay, right I there. see it. Yo, that's that is so fire. Okay, so hold on. Okay, yeah. so so you said you start out Christian, and you mm-hmm. you're following Jesus, but the church just isn't really rocking with it. Is it, it doesn't really make sense. Um, you know, they're calling it the devil's music. So then you naturally segue into the secular side of things. Now, was the music secular? Did y'all, did y'all keep it clean? Like, t- t- talk yeah, about but that. Yeah, I've always, you know, I've always been an advocate for just straight hip hop because that's okay. the era I come from. You know what I'm saying? Um, in, uh, you know, I, I was in LA. Um, we have the rap, we had this club at the time called uh, The Good Life. And The Good Life, there's a movie out about it called uh, This Is The Life. And yeah, then yeah. I've been to Project Blowed. I've never been to The Good yeah, Life, but I've been I, to Project well, Blowed. I discovered Iconic. Abstract. So yes. Abstract started Project Blowed. I'm the one that put him on in our, wow. in our outside. Right? Yeah, so, yeah, I did a yeah, show with um, Abstract Rude before. Yeah, he's amazing. Yeah, he's got a song on his on one of his albums called Brothers Forever where he talks my nickname was novelist. So nice means novelist is constantly evolving. So I've evolved from novelist into mm-hmm. uh, MC Nice, right? And so mm-hmm. in his records, he talked about how I helped put him on. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Uh, and so it's pretty, it's pretty dope. So that that's where uh, it segued into. But I was always an advocate because I had morals, I had Christian beliefs. You mm-hmm. know that still, you know, uh, cha- you know, carried me through life. It's just that I wasn't active in the church or mm. active, you know, with the music ministry. Mm. Got you. Okay, so let's uh, w- w- real quick before we go, guys, give this video a quick thumbs up. Uh, let us know where you're watching this from. You are going to love this conversation, I promise. So, 83 y'all watching, give this video a quick thumbs up so we can get the views there, get it up, the algorithm, all that kind of good stuff. Okay, I gotta know what it was like meeting Tupac. I grew up, man. My they used to, yo, I was such a Tupac fan in the '90s. They used to call me Rupac because my name is <laughs> Ruslan. That's how much of a Tupac right. fan I was. Okay, so yeah, uh, uh, Pac was probably the most humble dude that you, you could ever meet. Like, wow, you know, the, okay. it was interesting. Why- oh no, watching it on a TV. Oh, hold on, hold on, hold on. You, you cut out. You cut out. I can't. I can We can't lose any of the Tupac stories. So you cut out for just a second. So okay, let's let's uh, let me make sure it's not my internet. Okay, cool. So you said Pac was one of the most humble dudes you've ever met, and and, and you, you're getting a little choppy right now with the with the internet. Go ahead. Okay, yeah, he was the most you know humble dude you can ever meet. Like very down to earth, will talk to you. You know what I mean? Um, he didn't have that persona that when the lights and cameras is on, it was like okay, he turned on you know for mm-hmm. TV. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, and obviously, if he's with his camp, but when you talk to him as an artist, as an as and whatnot, he was he was like yo, he was always telling you you know get yours. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Yeah. If anything, get yours and don't let them don't let the industry, you know, uh, keep you from doing that. And so yeah. and did y'all be like, in like a studio setting or like backstage? At nah, a show man, it was, was uh, I think it was uh, I don't know if it was like a Def Jam event or mm-hmm. it was it was it was a, either a universe, either an Interscope or a Def Jam event. I can't remember it because, mm-hmm. I, you know, I met so many people. But um, I remember, you know, meeting him and and having that conversation and then to work you know, on his album. You know, years, yeah. yeah, a few years after that was crazy. 
You know, the interesting thing is, first of all, I have, I've had Wendy Day on a channel before. And she has some amazing Love Wendy. Yeah. Tupac. Yeah, she's incredible. She has some amazing Tupac stories. Um, and then I also read multiple accounts of Pac going to church uh, like a couple weeks before he passed away. And so, mm. it'd be, you know, it's interesting just because just I'll be honest, to, to hearing Tupac rap about God was my first positive uh, experience where I was open to the idea of there being a personal God, even though his music wasn't Christian and he wasn't, you know, necessarily following Jesus while he was here. That was the first time where I really was like, okay, there's something to this God thing. Cause prior to that, I was, I don't know if you know this about me, but I was, uh, I'm a, I grew up in an Armenian church serving as an altar boy and got molested by other altar boys. So my whole framework of church and God was like, nah, like that's trash. Like that ain't right. real. And then when I got into Tupac later on, uh, it was like, yo, you know, so my introduction to the idea of there being a God was through Tupac, Nas, DMX, and then finally surrendering my life to Jesus in like 2003, 2004. So that's um, deep, man. Yeah. yeah, man, that's really dope. You got to work with him. And so um, and then, you know, obviously that record landed on the Nas thing on the Nas album. And, yeah, it was uh, a little variation. It was a variation of it because it was a New yeah. York vibe. New York. Yeah, it was style. longer too, right? The Nas version yep. was like longer, second like mm -hmm. Nas verse. And then you guys said you did like twenty records or twenty attempts. Like, so what was it like? The, who, who's in the process? Is it Pox Mom? Yeah, so, Are you sending you yeah. acapellas? Do you got the original beat? Nah, you're trying man, to recreate I'm gonna it. Tell you, here's the here's a cool story. Is that um, you know Suge Knight was still out in the streets and so um what they know what they did ended up doing was putting us in the middle of modesto california and mm. we were in a house it was uh, several producers well a couple of a few producers and some you know some artists and writers and um that's where we did the whole you know, well our version of the pox uh records is they they wanted to make sure that we couldn't be touched or nobody can run up on us and um they brought in Pac, the whole uh, Interscope family brought in the records for Pac because it was we were in a studio, a house studio at that. They brought mm -hmm. in the they brought in the, the computers, mm -hmm. set it up on the what you call it every day under armed guard. They would leave with the computers. You know what I mean? They would defrag the computers that we had there. They would just like all every day the set Pac sessions were brought in. And then mm. taken out, brought in, wow. taken out. Yeah, so it was it was real interesting. Then we couldn't really go nowhere. We can go within the city, but we couldn't make no real phone calls. Couldn't do nothing real crazy. It was just a matter of it was top secret. So you're in Modesto, California. So not, you're not even in the mix in L.A. and everything that's going on. Y'all, they got y'all out in the, in the hicks. Cause, oh, I yeah, mean, no disrespect yeah. to anybody who's from Modesto, but that ain't you coming to L.A., San Diego, Long Beach. San Francisco, Modesto is out the way, and you think yeah, that was well, by design? It was the home of uh, it was the where George Lucas Studios were okay. you know, in Modesto. So that everything out there was all Star Wars and and whatnot. But um, yeah, we were in the middle of nowhere, mm -hmm. all the way you know in in between the Bay and L.A. So you know because yeah. you know uh, um, Pox representations were in the Bay, right? And so, so they were yeah. So were you getting acapellas with the original beat, like underneath it, like to kind of hear the the key of the beat? Or are you literally yeah. just getting acapellas and you got to find the tempo? No, nah, we were key? we were given acapellas and with the tempo, with a BPM. Wow. So you didn't you even have the original reference to hear like nah. the, the potential key that it was in? Nah, none of that. Yeah, it wow. was just more like, you know, here, you know, they brought in the acapellas and uh, yeah, we just went to work. 
You know what I mean? So, <laughs> now tell me this. Did you, did you ever get a bounce out of those other 17, 18 records that y'all did? Did any of those end up coming out, those those acapellas, to other production, no. those songs? Mm-hmm. No. Nah, in fact, I, we were told that none of our records made it on the wow. Pac album. And wow. then the uh, and then the last record was the Thugs Mansion, which was an accident. Well, I don't even think it was an accident. It was just, you know, we were in the studio and... Um, they had already produced, uh, you know, it was a, it was a different version done, by, I think, by Seven uh, Arellis, you know, with uh, uh, Anthony Hamilton on it. And um, with us, it was just we, we had a vibe. And then, you know, I told the engineer to pull all the music out of it because we had flew in a guitarist to come play. And uh, we told the engineer to pull the music out. And when the music out, it was just Pac's vocals and the guitar. And when I was just mm-hmm. like, yo. This yeah. is the record right here. I was going to the executive uh, producer, Molly, like, yo, this is the record right here. Yeah. Like, yeah. if y'all do it, and then we were supposed to get together and do a whole acoustic Pac album because wow. they loved it that, you know, they loved that. So yeah. it still may happen because, like I said, um, it's a whole lot of records about Pac that didn't come out. A whole Man, lot of them. I, how I would it be great? How dope would it be to hear some of those other records that y'all worked on and never saw the light of day, man. And, and, and to, yeah, because the, there's so much it, in the vault. They would they would change up the music to match the times. And right. I think with us, that's what they were doing was okay. They had these records and they came to us and said, "We need records to match the time." Even though the acoustic version was no times, it was just that just was the right. It hit the right notes at the right time. Yeah, yeah. And uh, you know, kudos to you as a producer because sometimes we think production and we think. Oh man, it's, you know, sitting here and punching out everything on the yeah, NPC yeah, yeah. and like you got to do everything. There's a difference between a beat, yeah, <laughs> a beat maker and a producer. A producer uh-huh. goes, no, 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 take all everything else out, lead that guitar in, and then it becomes a hit record. That's different than Real someone fact. that just you know chopping sample. And that, that's the that's how you know I I make beats, but I've always tried to get away from like feeling like you have to do everything by hand. Instead of saying, no, nah, like Dre, Quincy Jones, MC Nice, ain't sitting there trying to play every single instrument on the record. He gets right. the best guitar player to play the instrument. So I think that's an interesting distinction that I think people who look at music overlook is that they think it's all about producing everything from scratch. I got to make the play the chords yeah, from scratch. Yeah, they'd be like, oh, you, you played that? No, I don't play the guitar, but yeah. I know what I want to hear. I'd be yeah, like, no, man. play this note. Or can right. you do this? You know what I mean? Right. So, yeah. Right. So uh, what um, what happened after that? So this record comes out. It's a smash. Nas uses it. Um, do you then kind of get more opportunities to do more production stuff, or what, what, what's what's no, happening so for MC Nice? Keep after in mind, that? I was in a group. We were like the R. Kelly Jay Z. We were right. poised to right. come out. You know right. what I mean? And and right. the Tupac thing was supposed to help us come out. You know what I mean? Right. As right. as this group, but then R. Kelly Jay Z came out. Mm. You see what I'm saying? So that. That kind of ruined our situation because the best of both worlds was like the greatest thing since sliced bread when right. it came out. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so ultimately, and this was we the had, group was called the Lighter Shade of Brown, or is this a different? No, group the now? group was called Kansas Cali. Kansas Cali. Okay. I, I, I had already Lighter Shade had already dropped the greatest hits, and then Kansas Cali uh, was the, was the name of uh, the group because at the time I had came from Kansas and uh, my partner was from Cali. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And mm-hmm. so we called it Kansas Cali. I know, weird name, but it made sense at the time. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And so ultimately what we ended up doing was um, there was a movie called Crash coming out. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so 
what we did, we did, you know, we did something smart where we partnered with a soundtrack company that mm-hmm. that's what they do. They had uh, uh, um, um, rights on soundtracks. Mm-hmm. And we're like, okay, how do we get, you know, how do we make moves in that front? And so they came to us with this movie Crash, and it was like, yo, the soundtrack's already uh, done, but um, as far as getting in the movie, but you can get on the soundtrack if you if you can get a song in. And mm-hmm. so they let us watch the movie, and we was like, yo, we never left the studio. We stayed there. We recorded the song called If I, and then uh, we shot a music video on our own dime. Um, and so uh, ultimately that music video and song landed on the soundtrack, and the video landed on the special features of, of Crash, and it went on to win an Oscar and Golden, you know, and, uh, and Golden Globes and BAFTAs, and it won the Oscar for Best Picture, and that blew up, and I think it did like 10 million DVDs at the time when DVDs was you know, incredible, mm-hmm. and our music video was there. We're on the soundtrack, and then that parlayed us into Mr. and Mrs. Smith, you know, mm-hmm. uh, soundtrack, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Uh, in which we, you know, got got on that, and then that parlayed us into Haven with Orlando Bloom, you know, into Kicking It Old School with Jamie mm-hmm. Kennedy, into ESPN's Once in a Lifetime. So mm-hmm. we we had a nice little run, you know, at that point. Then we ultimately did the theme song for the NBA, you know, in 2010, and then Come ultimately, on. and ultimately worked with Prince. Uh, we, we redid a song called Pop Life. This man worked with Prince. <laughs> yeah, Goodness so, gracious! So we did. We redid a song called Pop Life. Um, uh-huh. uh, um, Doctor Fink, who was the c- keyboard player that was always in Scrubs on mm-hmm. Prince of the Revolution, was like, "Yo, we want to add this song to the tribute to Prince album." And mm-hmm. it was the first record Prince approved to go on uh, his album. And then when I wow. seen him in person, person, um, he was like, "Yo, this is one of my favorite records of his." <laughs> and so this was a, this was a. A, a pr- production for Prince, or this was you guys covered a Prince song. We redid Pop Life in our own ver- in our own way, like a hip hop R and B version of Pop Life. Okay, and Prince approved it. And did this, did, did this come out? Yeah, it came out. Uh, at that time, we had changed our name to the Rock Turnals because we were becoming an urban rock group. So we were like, okay. uh, you know, ur- I did rock by the way. So we yeah. did. Uh, we was an urban rock group, and then um, we covered it from that perspective, and it came out. Yeah. Wow, that's crazy, man. Um, and and so it sounds like you guys were intentional about fairly early on getting the production bag, the sync licensing bag, and not just depending on a label or a, like a, a mainline way to to get on, if you will. Because back then, you know, it was mad different to put out records. You you could go the independent route, but that hadn't really been tried and true until Tech and them did it. You know, you know, and that was was. 1999 they founded uh strange music right so that wasn't really like a proof of concept and so you you guys went the route of like let's be in the mix let's get with these soundtracks espn all these different things yeah we were um, uh at the time that was we were resume building because we knew mm. that was going to be important you know um in the future in regards to when you're going to sell yourself it's always what have you done what have you done um even now i'm an independent i've been an independent for the last 20 years you see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, 20 plus years. And and the reason we've been able to thrive is because, like like yourself, we found licensing. We found different ways to get around uh, having to go to a major and be like, yo, please listen to my demo. Mm. Talk about that licensing back, because I don't think people quite understand. There was a point, man, where uh, before my YouTube popped off 
and mm-hmm. and, uh, and, and at the beginning of the lockdowns, the licensing was sustaining me. We was getting these, you know, the, we got a great relationship with music betting because I produce a lot of my own catalog. I was mm-hmm. getting, you know, five figure licensing bags fairly regularly. Um, sometimes multi-five-figure licensing bags. Talk about that because I think that's a very slept on because everybody wants the Spotify bag and that's it. And they think that's it. But there's there's a whole nother realm of monetization from the actual music. Right. I only became a proponent of Spotify because Billboard became a proponent of Spotify mm-hmm. in order to get, you know, uh, now they're using that to put you on the charts. But mm-hmm. I've never been... You know, uh, uh, never been an advocate for that because I felt like uh, even with my album Praise right here uh, over here uh, mm-hmm. went number one on the on the Billboard charts in the gospel category. Um, we was able to move some units, and I and I got more money from moving units than I did from getting streams. Right? Come on. And yeah. so, you know, at the end of the day, I've never been an advocate for that. However, when it came to you know licensing situation, man, you can have you know. 15, 20 different companies license one song. Come on. And, uh, and so, and not only that, when I was looking at my royalty checks coming from uh, BMI, it was it was royalty coming from New Zealand, um, from Tokyo, from mm-hmm. Australia. So it's like, you know, you getting not just a bag, but you're getting bags from all over. And, mm-hmm. that, and that was coming like every quarter. So now I think the, 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 the fees of, uh, maybe slow down in regards to size because there's so much uh, content mm-hmm. available. Now mm-hmm. it's a matter of relationships that's yeah. going to get you the, the bigger bags. But yes. in my, in, in our, in, in the licensing heyday, you know, uh, for a main title, cause we got the, we got the end title for, um, uh, for kicking it old school. You was getting, mm-hmm. you know, 50, $60,000 just for an end title, you know, song mm-hmm. that's going to play for a minute, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Or two minutes. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it's very important. Even to this day, mm-hmm. licensing, can sustain you and not only that create awareness in our case we work with music bed who do micro licensing micro syncs for youtube creators for influencers mm. and so they've gotten us adidas google will smith like a lot of big placements because it's all primarily micro oh, that's licensing. yeah yeah so it's not it's not the fifty thousand dollar bag what it is is it's a bunch of 500 300 to five thousand dollar bags <laughs> yeah. but they add up and how they do it is based on the on the creator's platform so will smith I is going to pay more adidas is going to pay more than somebody than a church you know with a thousand followers and so i think yeah i, th- I think that's that's very right. key that you're saying that so tell me what happens after Kansas Cali, you guys do some of the rock uh, rap thing, which was, you know, pretty, pretty early on. The only folks I really remember doing that early on was Fourth Avenue Jones. I'm sure you're familiar with Ahmad, yeah, good course, friend of mine. Yeah. Um, and so then you, you pivot and you or or so it seems um, and you're in Dash Radio. And how did how did that come together? Well, I work with DJ Ski. So um, the pivot happens when uh, the rock group, we decided to go our separate ways. Okay. You know what I mean? And so ultimately, um, I went back to R&B hip hop. Well, mm-hmm. I actually went back to hip hop myself. And okay. um, and I was just like, OK, well, because I understood that lane from a marketing standpoint. I had I had been an executive over at Warner Brothers uh, and a vice president with, on, of Head Start Music Group, which was on uh, Warner Brothers. And we also had distribution through Universal. Mm-hmm. And so 
Um, I learned how to market. I learned, you know, the tricks and the trades in regards to moving units and getting them in different places. And I was like, yo, hip hop is my is where I'm from. And I know that. So let me take what I've learned into hip hop and see if we can make that happen. And mm -hmm. ultimately, I ended up doing a record with uh, Stacey Dash. Right. And mm -hmm. so a lot of people was like, Stacey Dash? You know, clueless Stacy Dash. I was like, mm -hmm. yeah. So me and Stacy did a record together. Russell Simmons co-signed the record, you mm -hmm. know, and uh, it was it was getting ready. It was supposed to go, and then you know the uh, situation happened with Obama, where you know she was at odds in regards mm -hmm. to you know uh, uh, her her uh, uh, Obama's ideologies yep. and hers, and so you know that crashed the record. And then mm -hmm. ultimately, I ended up having to wait about six months for that heat to die down. Came out with another record with Suhana that went number that went on the Billboard charts for 13 weeks, and I was mm -hmm. on the verge of really taking off. And God was like, "Yo, I need you to go back to Christian hip hop." Wow, you know what I mean? And wow. bring the and, business with you. And this was in 2017. Uh, in 2017, and you were doing uh, more production stuff at this point, or were you also laying vocals, or both? Yeah, I was doing I was doing both production and laying vocals, but in this instant, I was like. You know, um, when it came to praise, it was like, yo, I need to um, go to some out, outside ears as far as the Christian hip hop side of things, because, you know, the music was different, mm. you know, and and not, you know, and, and you want to come in and kind of understand, you know, how the genre works. And so I went to people that was within the genre that understood as far as from a musical standpoint of how to approach it. And uh, one of those guys was Sam Peasy uh, from uh, from Atlanta. And uh, who's ordained? I think he's a bishop, or not a bishop. Mm -hmm. He's a one of them. But um, and so we ended up doing that. And God was like, "Yo, these people are not gonna know you, you know. But what you bring to the table is going to help, you know, help uh, usher in, you know, uh, um, it's gonna help usher the the culture to a whole nother phase as far as business and politics." And I was like, "Okay, Lord." And I came in and. Um, Nobody knew me, but I, I, I instantly what I did was what secular dudes do is I took sampled records like I mm. sampled sampled. And mm. the first sample was uh, Richard Smallwood, which was like uh, a gospel classic of angels watching over me. And I took that and and sampled. It was like, yo, we getting ready to rock with it. And um, and I reached out to Mr. Smallwood asking if I can use the record. And he was just like, well, let me hear it. So when he heard the record, he was like, yo, this is getting ready to take me places. You can really take me places I've never been. Mm -hmm. Mind you, you know, this is a, a old school gospel cat with like a legend in gospel. Mm -hmm. And so mm -hmm. that record came out, went number one on the Billboard charts as far as gospel digital song sales. Sales mm -hmm. uh, went number one on a few other charts. And then my album came out and went number one. And the people was like, whoa, who's this mm -hmm. dude? Keep in mind, executives was coming at me like gospel ain't selling. So how are you selling records? Mm -hmm. And I said, grassroots. Mm -hmm. They're like, what do you mean grassroots? I said, Christian universities, Baptist universities, they all got, they all listen to music too. I just did, I went to these universities giving my music out and I saying like, yo, if y'all like my song, sow a seed and buy the album. And we was moving five, 600 uni units a week, you know, uh, doing that. And so that alarmed everybody. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. And once that alarm went off, obviously the wolves came out from the gospel and Christian side of things and, uh, <laughs> you know, tried to shut us down, but they couldn't only yeah. because, you know, we, uh, what we were doing was foolproof. And then once they got past that, it was like, 
okay, well, who who, who gave you authorization to license those records? <laughs> you know what I'm yeah. And then they tried yeah. to get us from that standpoint. Yeah. Yeah, man. And, and guys, again, if you guys don't know who we're talking to, we're talking to MC Nice. MC Nice, get, get his video like, by the way. MC Nice is the mastermind behind uh, 2020 Summerfest, which is happening September 17th and 18th. I will be there. Brian Trejo will be there. Bizzle will be there. Indie Tribe will be there. Derek Minor, Flame, What Up, RG, Aha Gazelle, Stephen Malcolm. The largest Christian hip-hop festival ever. And this is the man. Hope. Let me go back to here. This is the man behind it. So why why... Why pivot and want to create this infrastructure when you know uh, there's wolves in this in this scene? Uh, I, I was talking to Show Baraka yesterday, and he was talking about in his book um, and and in a conversation about like there needing to be more ownership of the distribution, the festivals, these different things. And I and I brought up, I was like, yo, MC, you know, MC Nice is doing it. He's here building Summerfest. It's incredible. Um, the ticket, I, you know, we talked a couple weeks ago and the ticket sales were solid. And so now it's like we're in a stadium, but you know, <laughs> you'd be surprised how many conversations I've had with people that are like skeptical. Like, so what do you think about this uh, MC Nice character? And I'm like, I don't know. Like, I just met him, but he seems super solid. Seems like the real deal. Like, did, I mean, did the show is that, you know. So why do you think there's this skepticism? And why would you want to go into Christian hip-hop and establish this infrastructure when it was not really your responsibility? Like, you was over here doing fine, but for whatever reason, you wanted to come into the space and kind of elevate it and, and build it up. And you, we know in the secular how important a Coachella is, how important a, a Rolling Loud is to break an artist. But but why want why why come in this space to help uh, to help? Like it's, it, it it doesn't I, outside of God, like it doesn't really necessarily make sense. You know what I mean? And we can kind of get into some of the the wolves, if you will. Yeah, it makes sense if you're a believer and you want to mm. keep amplifying God's word. You okay. know what I'm saying? It makes it makes full sense when you got a bunch of 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 music musician of, of music ministries that mm. are out there that are not being amplified that are mm. just as good you know what i mean Come on. and Come so on. at the end of the day for me it's about helping others yeah i'm mm. solid you're right i'm solid and i'm still solid and will be solid you know what mm. i mean but at the end of the day if you, if we are here doing god's will you know and we're and we're trying to uh amplify his message then what better way to do that than this in, in this platform you know what i mean mm -hmm. and so at the end of the day we got to this point because once I'd made those number one records mm -hmm. and once I got challenged by the wolves, mm -hmm. it was like, okay, can't beat them, beat them, join them. Mm -hmm. So when I go meet with these labels and the labels are saying, yo, um, we know you got five number ones, you know what I mean? Um, but we can't give you a million dollars. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And we can't give you a million dollars because Christian rap don't have radio. Mm -hmm. We can't give you a million dollars because Christian rap don't have print and media that supports it. We can't give you a million dollars because Christian rap don't have venues outside of churches. So how do we get our money back? Mm. You see? And they're yeah. like, and so, you know, when, when that light goes off, like, yeah, how do they get their money back? Because mm. the, 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 the honorariums that some of these people receive aren't, aren't considered um, authentic mm -hmm. in the sense of official. Like mm -hmm. um, when when whenever you get in book for a festival like a Coachella, they go to a thing called Polestar, mm -hmm. and Polestar yep. tells them your value, what mm -hmm. your draw is, right, yeah. in yep. a specific market or a specific region. Well, 
the Christian hip hop don't have that. They don't, there's only a few of y'all that are on Polestar that we can go and go, okay, Andy Minio brings in around 1,300 people. You know right, what I'm saying? Right, and right, his right, value right. is X, Y, and Z. And right. so, you know, I was like, you're right. So I got with my business partner, Chantal Grayson. We call it Shiny G. Um, and we started God's House of Hip Hop. We went to DJ Ski and Mark mm-hmm. Mosley over at Dash Radio was like, yo, can we bring a station there? And their first question was, does Christian rap even have enough music for a station? Mm. And we was like, what? Huh? Not only do yeah. we got enough music, but uh, we, I said, not only do we got enough music, but our rappers are better. <laughs> you yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's a fact. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's and so fact. when we when we did we did we did that, we went and got with Rapzilla. We got with the who's who of the culture because mm-hmm. the goal was to elevate the culture. We Come got on. with track stars, we got with you know uh DJ I Rock Jesus, and we started with eight shows uh going into Dash, and ultimately that first year we became the first Christian hip hop station in the history of gospel to win a stellar award. Come you on, see what I mean? So think about that. Nobody yeah. talked about that. Yeah. Yep. But that was like monumental for the yeah. culture. You know what yes. I'm saying? And so, yes. you know, but I didn't I didn't I just didn't take no sight to that. It was like, okay, we, we got nominated again next year. We got uh, the next year and we're nominated again this year and we could very well walk off with the trophy come Jan- July 9th. You know yeah. what I'm saying? And so yeah. ultimately that was the move. Radio station, check. Not only do we uh we got artists, we play Christian hip hop. We pay the artists. So we're, our whole objective is if we can't pay you, we can't play you, which means you have to have your business in order so you can get those sound exchange checks, mm-hmm. those, those, those royalties and residuals that mm-hmm. some of these artists have been missing out on because they, they just go in and, you know, and, and put the record out. You know? right. So once we get to that point, it was like, okay, what's next? Yeah. Well, every radio station has a festival, festival. a summer jam or yeah. a powerhouse. So yeah. why would we be any different? And yeah. now it's just like, okay, what we need to do is take the take this festival and make it our Coachella. Because I had yeah. somebody when we said, yo, uh, when we came out with the tickets, it was like, oh, they're a little expensive. I'm like, yo, we in California, and they're cheaper yeah. than Coachella, cheaper than EDC. They were like, but you guys are not Coachella. And we were like, but our stars is, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Ruse Line is the equivalent to Kendrick. In this space, that. hold on, hold on. In this, in this space, space. <laughs> I'll take it. I'll take it. <laughs> so, 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 let me ask you this: You guys, you, you, you dropped a little gem here that I don't want to gloss over. And you talked about hard ticket value, and you talked about uh, how a lot of Christian artists don't quite understand hard ticket value because they're operating on an honorarium which is not about numbers and what you generate at the door. It's about whatever you feel like you're worth or whatever the churches say you're worth. When you get into hard ticket value, now you're talking about, hey, this is what I generate. Therefore, if I'm going to do a show, I have to, I, I can't charge 2X what I generate because then that doesn't make sense for a promoter, right? And so in terms of building some of the, the infrastructure, um, do you think that a lot of Christian artists just don't, aren't quite understanding how the yeah. business side of this works and how important a hard ticket draw is, how important a connection with your audience is. Yeah, the, the thing about them is um, a lot of them will say, well, my YouTube numbers is this, mm-hmm. my Spotify numbers is 12 million, 10 million, whatever. And I'm just like, but when have you performed in L.A.? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. When yeah. have you even did a radio tour in L.A.? Mm-hmm. You know, because hard tickets is just that, hard yep. tickets. 
So yeah. if you have never been here, if you never saw nothing, how can we expect you know you to come out? That's why Polestar will tell us in this region, this artist has done this X, Y, and Z. So yeah, a lot of the uh, gospel heads and Christian heads come in overvaluing themselves based mm. on honorariums because honorariums is just the price. That's a position. That's a price for that position. So yep. if, they, if, they, if you go into a church and they say for this year's entertainment, we got 10 grand. Yep. You know I mean, they only got 10 grand for the year. So they have to kind of divvy that up into the artists that are coming. But right. I, I was t- who was I talking to? I think it was um, 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 Corey Goss from Domination and DJ mm-hmm. Quote, where I was mm-hmm. like, now, if Christian hip hop had a pole star for Christian hip hop, like Mm -hmm. that outlines like the honorariums that were received in different, Mm -hmm. what you call this. Maybe we can put some type of value based on that, based on that, but that doesn't exist. So we Mm. have to go by, you know, what's in here. So if I'm going to pay you, you know, X, Y, and Z for being a headliner, you Mm -hmm. got, you should be able to move 10% of our tickets. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Nine times out of 10, the headliners are supposed to be able to sell your show out. Mm-hmm. You see what I mean? Yep. Um, yep. And then everybody else is just, you know, happy to be a part of it, you right. know. But at the end of the day, yeah, a lot of the Christian hip hop artists don't understand that. And then even when it comes to marketing and promoting, they think, oh, four weeks, you know, it's good. No, we're trying to put seven thousand, three to seven thousand people in a stadium. That's mm-hmm. you know, you need a little more leeway than that. Yeah, man. And uh, you guys just opened up general admission tickets for yeah, hundred dollars. We for heard both you. for both days for both yeah. days by the way and then there's also a streaming ticket if you don't if you can't be there in person by the way the link to get your tickets is pinned up in the chat and in the description of this video and so uh so so the tickets for both this is like this is ridiculously cheap man a hundred dollars for both nights the vip tickets are a bit more expensive with uh you know seating and all that kind of stuff but if you're near california if you wanted to come to california this is the event like it's at a stadium this is my first time performing at a stadium i don't i don't be doing stadiums like that so thank you for having me at a stadium yes give me some breaking news talk to me we just added the truth Hey! <laughs> you know what shout we out to shout out to Manny, the truth, man. That's uh that's that's the homie. Um, that's amazing. Uh, Indie Tribe got added as well. Yep. They're they're one of the headliners. Um, the night I'm I'm night two. Uh, D one one K few Wande MC Nice Brian Trejo Jordan Armstrong Uzuhan Indie Jared Tribe. Sanders Indie Tribe. Um, yep. This is gonna be uh, phenomenal, man. Uh, and then and then John Keith and No Big Deal are doing solo sets as well, right? So it's not just uh, no. They're no, it's just one. Yeah. Oh, okay. I see yeah, what yeah. you did there. I see what you did there. That's yeah, slick. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I see. You see, nice man. You shrewd. I like yeah, it. Yeah. Um, man, that's that's amazing. So, why do you think there is this hesitation or this? Uh, I don't say hesitation. This 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 like reluctance. Like, oh, who's this guy? And what do you, you know? What I mean, because I man, I've, I got a couple calls from friends of mine. You know, from friends of mine uh-huh. that were like. What do you think about this thing? How do you think it's going to do this and that? You know, and I'm like, I, I don't know, but we we need to be 150% involved and push this to the best of our ability because this could set the precedent for a lot. Um, why, why do you think inside of Christian hip hop, you know, and I don't want to call anybody wolves or anything like that, but why do you think that there is this like reluctance or this like skepticism around an event as dope as 2020 Summerfest? Because the the thing about it is this becomes successful. Oh, it changes Mm. life for everybody. Mm. You see what I'm saying? It changes the way of doing business for everybody. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And some people, you know, change is, 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 is some people don't want change. Mm. You know what I mean? Some people want it as is so that they can continue to get the breaks that they get, you know, and uh, and uh, take these artists for what it is. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So when we put value on them, now this festival is successful in this market. Mm-hmm. Guess what happens in Florida? Guess mm. what happens in Atlanta, where we know Christian hip hop is, pre- is, is like a hotbed there. Mm-hmm. Now everybody's going to be wanting to do Christian hip hop shows, which means the value of each artist is going to go through the roof. And some mm. people don't want that value to go through the roof. You know, yeah, and, and, and we so, see a pattern of guys going outside of um, creating their own systems and creating their own festivals and just doing the winter jams, the rock and road worship tours and what have you. But to your point, like if you're putting on your own event, if you're putting on your own event and you were and, and now this isn't this isn't owned by someone from outside the culture, this is owned by somebody inside the culture. Uh, it does change some things. So it's not about just a bag. Now you're talking about infrastructure, right? Now you're talking about like everybody's a part of this. Like I don't, you know, like literally like I, I, I know majority of these artists and I, I don't know, I don't know anybody who wanted to be a part of it that isn't a part of it. You know what I mean? So I think it's, yeah, no, it's smart that you're few, doing it that way. There's but a few, keep okay. in mind that when we, when we put the roster together in 2019, right. some of these people weren't, weren't really active. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And so we didn't want to just put people on for nostalgia purposes. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Keep in mind, we we're trying to show value for the culture because we want, we were trying to help create an ecosystem for the Christian hip hop that sustains Christian hip hop. Yes. You see? And yes. so in order to do that, you have to, you have to prove viability, mm-hmm. you know, in the, in the market space. And mm-hmm. that was the whole objective. You know, and so some of the people were reluctant because a, there's been a whole lot of promises made in the culture that, never come through every some of the people i talked to was like yeah you know people talk this but then when it came time to you know make it happen it was like yeah 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 and i was just like i've asked nobody for nothing in fact mm-hmm. i've given everybody a bag mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know yeah, what i'm saying yeah, and, so, you, and you guys you guys you guys have definitely went about it in a very honorable way that i feel like is uh is is there's no finagling there's no discounts there's no you yeah, know what i'm saying yeah. like you, like, you okay, just, you just set go? offers in that were that were very reasonable you know what i mean that mm-hmm. i think i think were were indicative of your character and not and, only and that we're doing business. something we're doing something that most festivals don't do we're cover we were covering flights hotels food transportation on top of what you get so your money is your money we taking care of all the other stuff you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. When 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 I think about um, a festival that took place here in L.A., you know what I'm saying? They didn't cover stage. They didn't. Mm-hmm. They, in fact, some artists had to pay to get on the stage. Mm-hmm. You know, pay to get there, and you just got direct. You just got uh, an address, and however you get there, when you get there, this is where you check in. Mm-hmm. No, we went above a step above in regards to we wanted uh, the Christian hip hop to know that not only do we care, but we love the culture and we love them. Yeah, that's amazing. Guys, tickets are up in the description. I'm going to show you guys this one more time. By the way, if you're new here, consider subscribing. Here's the flyer. Summer, 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 uh, excuse me, a 2020 summer fest. Goodness gracious, Los Angeles, September 17th, 18th. Tickets are on sale. You can get the general admission ticket for $100, okay? $100. That's wildly cheap for an event there's also vip tickets there's also a single day pass there's uh streaming tickets you can stream the event for both days for only 35 dollars um i will be performing it's going to be amazing so if you guys want 
to pick up your tickets. It's in the description right now and, and pinned up in the chat. So go scoop up some tickets for yourself. Um, Real quick, I wanted to say ahead. something. Uh, yes, so even uh, all we're asking for artists is to promote to their friends and their family. At the end of the day, we want to promote that you're going to be performing. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's the at the end of the day, all we can ask is for promotion. When the streaming mm-hmm. tickets went on sale, do you know who bought in? Germany. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Switzerland. Wow. You know, uh, uh, the UK all bought tickets, you know, for the streaming because here's what you get with streaming. It's interactive. You can mm-hmm. actually, those people that bought tickets from Germany, whatever, you can chat with them while the festival's happening. You can also select different camera angles in, that wow. you feel represents you. And then also you could uh, win merch or you can play different buy, uh, games, whether it be Christian hip hop trivia. So we made it real interactive for 20 bucks, you know, as far as the streaming side of things. That's amazing. Okay, so let's 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 talk about this. Folks are here. Uh, hopefully, they're scooping up tickets. Uh, what's the goal? What's the what? What are we shooting for? What do we want to see? Because uh, it's a stadium, so we got we got we got to put some butts in some seats. MC Nice, talk yeah. to me. What is the goal? What are we trying to get to? So the goal. Um, go ahead. So keep in mind, this is going to be annual. So this is not a one off. We're not just doing it this year. We're going to do it this year, next year, the year after. And so the goal is to you know year one maybe try to get three to five thousand people in. You know, uh, I think that's a respectable number in regards yeah. to launching. And then year two, maybe seven to 12,000. Year three, 22,000. And then um, where the stadium is located is a thing called Exposition Park, mm-hmm. right? And in Exposition Park is also the L.A. Coliseum, you know what I mean, where the, they got the Space Shuttle store and they got uh, – it's where Rolling Loud throws their event, right? Okay. And so we want to go between year one and five – in, inside the uh, Bank of California Stadium, and then year five and six expanded to the parking lots and, and Christmas Tree Lane, which would give us maybe 60,000 people, and then into the L.A. Coliseum by year uh, nine and ten, where we will officially become the largest faith, faith-based hip-hop music festival in the world. We are that oh. now. We, we will be, once we get this done, we will have done that. But okay. we trying to be officially the uh, Coachella in the city. Yeah, that's fantastic. And we and we and we're we're still a, a you know a, a ways out. So we definitely gonna have to have you again and have you on with some of the artists. Maybe some some uh, I don't know. if We're still announcing people uh, that are gonna be out. Yeah, I, I just had Indy. We might have on. a mystery uh, headliner, mystery in, uh, headliner in August. Yeah, so I love it. Uh, so so. Um, so with that, so we definitely got to have you on again. Um, let me ask you this, and this is, and I don't, and I don't mean to uh, get you know too personal, but one of the re- things I talk a lot about on this channel is handling our money God's way, being financially literate, um, taking care of our own, and 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 getting a you know a return on our investment. It sounds like because you've been faithful over all all these decades, we're not even talking years decades faithful financially faithful relationally faithful to god that now you're in a position to do something this big and this epic can you talk about that a little bit i don't need to know details but can you talk about just some of the how like i'm watching this i'm like how is this happening how is this coming together and ultimately i know it's 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 a byproduct of your faithfulness your business partners but those folks that are watching that like i'm 36 you're a little older than i am those folks that are watching that are 25 20 and they want to do something big for their their community their maybe it's not a festival maybe it maybe it's a, a charitable contribution to a, you know a, a big orphanage or a soup kitchen or something like that or help plant a church talk talk me through just the the 
the financial literacy and the side of like pulling off something this massive? Well, I think it starts with um, understanding the industry. You know, when me and Shani, what we ultimately ended up doing was we went and studied Pasquale. We went and studied um, uh, Rolling Loud. We went and studied Tomorrowland. We went and studied even the uh, uh, the, the, the the different festivals that weren't uh, uh, major to figure out exactly how to pull this off. I think, um, you know, from when it comes to financial, it's understand the, the whole part of if you ever written a business plan in the business plan is the SWOT anal- uh, analytics, right? Analysis, the SWOT analysis and SWOT strength, weaknesses, opportunities and threats. And what right, it is, right. it's about understanding the uh, industries that you're getting in or the mm-hmm. industries you are part of. When it came to Christian hip hop, I swatted Christian hip hop and I was able to get five number one records and, and, and not have to go through whatever. Now, when it came to the uh, festival side, me and Shani, we swatted the festival. We're mm. going, okay, we're not going to have to spend $50 million like Coachella does because the artists that are in our genre aren't even there. Mm. You see what I'm saying? So automatically we knew that if we if we had about a million, uh, a million dollars, million three, we can probably mm. pull this off. Mm-hmm, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, and and so we started working it, you know, from those numbers. And I think yep. for any anybody that wants to do anything, it's really about understanding the industry, swatting it, understanding what, you know, uh, it takes, where the weaknesses are, where the opportunities, where the threats so that you can navigate that as you um, as you create whatever it is you're creating. So when it came to the festival, we understood, OK, um, the, the, the biggest hurdle is where. And if we're trying to make a statement, we, you know, going to a convention center is not making a statement. Mm -hmm. You see Mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Or going to a park is not making a statement, but going to a stadium is making a statement. If you got Christian hip hop coming into a stadium and moving in a, in a, in a, in a city that's really not known for that, Mm -hmm. you know, then you, you really making a statement. And so that's what our objective was is going, okay, let's go see if we can get this done. We know that we can get the artists done for X, Y, and Z. You know what I mean? Uh, especially mm-hmm. if we, you know, we come in and we do it right and we wanted to do it with an excellence. So that way we became the standard, you know, and when it comes to radio now with God's House of Hip Hop on Dash Radio, we become the standard because we're the second largest radio on Dash uh, on Dash's platform. And we're mm-hmm. the first in the history of Dash to win, you know, a major award. So now any station that's coming in, Dash is going, are you guys GH3? Can you look, go look at them, see how they're doing it? Because that's how we want it done. So when it comes to festivals, we're like, yo, we want to give the artists A1 treatment. We want to make sure that everything that 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 happens with you guys is with excellence so that when you go talk about how Summerfest has done, you, you did the culture, it'd be like, yo, but they did us with, you know, with great excellence. And that's what was the uh, that's that's the movement behind that. That's fantastic. Um I think I think that that is so good the swap thing, right? Strengths, uh weaknesses. We- um, break that down one more time. Opportunities. And so it's a strength, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats. So when an investor come, when, when an investor wants to invest in you, they want you to understand. They want to know that you know your business. So mm-hmm. when you give them the SWAT, that you telling them these are my these are the strengths, these are the weaknesses that that are in here, these are the opportunities that we can take advantage of, and these are the threats that can hinder us. Now, when an investor learns that, they feel confident in investing in you because. You understand. You obviously did the research on that, and you would know how to troubleshoot when these things came about because you understand everything that could challenge you. 
Yeah, I'm trying to I'm trying to pull this up because I want people to see this. Um, guys, if you're enjoying this, give this video a thumbs up. But this, I don't know if I'm allowed to show them this, but I'm gonna show them anyway, and I just <laughs> oh, ask for forgiveness you later. Went there. No, I, yo, man, no. this is nuts, bro. This is insane. The fact yeah. that like this is like y'all, this is the real deal, man. The mock of the yes. stage, um, the the whole layout, the screens. I'm trying to figure out what am I, what am I about to have on these screens? Like this is <laughs> this is the real deal, man. So kudos yeah. to you guys. Like like I said, I, you know, forgive me if I wasn't supposed to share that, but uh, you wasn't, it, but uh, yeah, but you ruined mine. So. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so tell me, tell me, uh, what what are the threats and what are the weaknesses? What do you see as some of the threats and the weaknesses in, well, the, in Christian hip hop and in the, with this? Specific? Well, the weaknesses is obviously going to be um, marketing. You know what I mean? Um, And 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 maybe the um, the fan base is not here. Mm. You know what I mean? And so but, you know, we feel that at the end of the day, when you know, what we how we reverse that is by going to preachers and and pastors of churches and saying your kids are already listening to Cardi B and Megan Thee Stallion. So you can get with this or you can get with that. You know what I mean? So, Mm -hmm. you know, we're trying to see if we can change the mindset of. of that. That's why we have a lot of Latin artists also mm-hmm. involved with Alex Zerto, Manny Montez, Brian Trejo. It's yep. because LA is a predominantly Latin market, right? Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. we know that Catholics, you know, we did we did the research. So in yep. the SWOT analysis is understanding, you know, the different faiths that are involved and seeing how we can tap in, especially with the Korean market. We got He Sun Lee and Uzuhan. So we're mm-hmm. tapping into the Come Korean on. side of things to, you know, try to unite. The whole purpose behind God's House of Hip Hop 2020 Summerfest is 2020 means perfect vision. We're saying through your faith, you have perfect vision. So let's unite the faith. Let's unite the fans. Let's unite the culture and handle kingdom business. That's awesome. Uh, MC Nice, we got time for some questions before we get out of here. I want to get out of your time. Okay, guys, if you guys have questions about any of this, uh, again, let me show you guys the lineup. Do give this video a thumbs up. I'm going to go over the lineup while you guys just drop questions. I'm going to pull your questions on screen. Uh, Here's the lineup, September 17th, 18th. It's in Los Angeles, California. At Bank of California Stadium. Yes, you heard it right, Stadium. Okay. Um, this is the lineup Alex Zerto, Derek Minor, Flame, What Up RG, Angie Rose, Stephen Malcolm, Aha Gazelle, Gavi Cannon, Joey Vontes, Propaganda, Esso, my man Paul Russell, Paris, uh, Chariz, Hisan Lee, Young Noah Hurt. Um, and then uh, night two, which is the night I'm performing, uh, Bizzle, Manny Montez, Canton Jones, D1, 1K Few, Wande, MC Nice, uh, Brian Trejo, Jordan Armstrong, Ruslan, uh, which is me, uh, Indie Tribe <laughs> is headlining this night, Jared Sanders, Brandon P., Uncle Reese, Ishan Burgundy, um, AI The Anomaly, John Key, Dayton. Uh, the, 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 the lineup is incredible. Like, the lineup is nuts. And so... Um, so let's let's jump into some of your guys' questions. I'm gonna come back here with MC Nice. We're gonna jump into some of your guys' questions. Okay. Uh here we go. This is a good one. Hardest uh hardest artist to book for the concert. Who is the hardest artist to book for the concert? Well, the hardest was Bizzle. And it wasn't okay. because he was hard, it was trying to catch him. You know what ah. I'm saying? And so, you know, uh because he, you know, he's active. And so for us, it was just like Okay, are we gonna get him? Are we not gonna get him? How are we going? Mm-hmm. And ultimately, when we finally was able to get with him, um, he came on, and I was like okay. very, very happy with that because you need some of the pillars of Christian hip hop to uh, to be there to um, to help usher this in. 
Yeah. Yeah, someone asked when will tickets, uh, when will online tickets be available? They're available now, and it's pinned up at the top of the chat. So go get your online tickets for the stream right now. It's pinned up in the chat right now. Um, uh, let's see. Uh, 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 what's the one thing you wished you would have known about business before you got started that's now critical to your success? Ooh, that's a good question from Amp. Yeah, well, that was funny because uh, one of the things was understanding SWAT. Mm. If I understood earlier that all I had to do was research, understand the strength, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats, I would have been able to to, to finesse the game a long time ago, you know, mm. because I would have that understanding from a business standpoint of how to do that, you know. And so for any anybody, uh, I tell them, one, read the 21 Irrefutable Laws of Leadership. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And mm-hmm. that'll give you some real insight on how to be a leader, but it also helps you with um, with understanding how to navigate certain things. You know what I mean? Yeah, so, that's yeah. good. That's good. Uh, what's the number, what is the number one most important lesson you've learned that applies to creatives or dealing with creative, creative people? It's from JP. Um, one, never take things personal. Okay. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And get out your feelings. You know what I mean? At the end of the day, we all got, we all got ideas. Yeah. And we all got different understandings of how things work. And mm-hmm. I think if you listen more than you talk, you learn how, you'll learn a whole lot more about things. That's good. Uh, would Kanye West be considered? I don't know if you want to you want to talk on yeah, that. Um, well, we got it. We, we're, we're in the process of talking with some mystery headliners. It could be Kanye. It could be NF. It could be Toby Nwigwe, Uh It could be. I mean. Of course he would be considered. He had the number one Christian album for like six months in a row. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And and with Sunday's with Sunday service, you know, he saved a whole lot of people, even though people may not may not agree with him in regards to how he lived, he saved a whole lot of people with his music ministry. So we would have we would have to consider him. Uh we kind of talked about this earlier. I don't know if you want to touch it, touch on it again. What is the long term outlook after the con this concert? Like what do you hope? happens gain out of this the long-term outlook on this well the long term is one creating an ecosystem for the culture so that the culture can thrive within itself where you have artists that are come in perform on saturday then have to do uber on sunday we want them to be performing on saturday then performing on wednesday and then you know what mm-hmm. i mean at the end of the day it's about creating the ecosystem so the long term is to establish a festival that is ours and not not having to piggyback onto a winter jam or a, a live fest. And that's no poo poo on none of them. It's just that they got a category that says Christian hip hop. And here's the fee for that. And then whatever yeah. you can just fit in that is, you know, is what it is, but they're not, it's not, they don't take it personal because we not forgotten country. We not Lauren Dago. We not Toby Mac. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So here we want it to be ours and it's, and, and it's uh, cultivated by ours. That's good. This is a good question. Another question from Ant. He said, uh, how do you align your vision with limited resources? Uh, a little bag. <laughs> well, you, you start with doing uh, the little things. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Mm, so come on. If you, can't, if you can't rent a stadium, rent a park. Come on. You know what I'm saying? Or rent a parking lot. I think uh, in, some, in some, like in L.A., uh, the city or the state controls uh, certain certain parking lots you can rent for like two thousand dollars and put a stage there and, mm-hmm. and and start from there. So it's just a matter of your vision. I think what it is is your vision. You can't. You, you know how they said don't eat more. You, you you know people see more and they eat more than they really can handle. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can't think of the phrasing, but at the end of the day, um, start where your budget is. That's good. You know what I mean. 
That's good. That's good. That's good. Um, shout out to Brother Eden for the generous super chat. Always been uh, a cut above, but your guest of late on a whole nother level. Appreciate you, brother. Um, I think I think I think that's so good, man. And we've done um, like we've done our own local amphitheater before, throwing our own events. Obviously, throwing events at our church. Um, so I think I think it's I think it's really really helpful to do that. I think what makes a festival unique, because here's the deal. I think where Christian hip hop will probably go, and this is my prediction, is the more people get business savvy, the more people understand uh, audience and platform, I think you're going to have more folks from the community that build hard ticket draw and then Mm -hmm. plug into the Live Nation model, the Live Nation style of venues. Um, And I think that's going to be good. And I think there's going to be certain folks that do that. But What's going to be interesting is doing events where we can cross-pollinate audiences. That is something that I think has limited us because where people go to cross-pollinate has been in CCM, not in Christian hip-hop. You know what I mean? Not, not amongst ourselves. So I think that's what this does is like, I'm going to be fine. Someone like Toby is going to be fine. Indie Tribe is going to be fine. But the other artists who can potentially expose themselves to someone's bigger audience don't really get that shot because there is no Coachella. There is no Rolling Loud. There is no way for an emerging artist to get in front of a wider audience outside of social media. And social media is amazing, but we know that social media is not the same as a live event. It's not the same as seeing an artist for the first time in person. So I think that's why what you're doing is so important. We got another question from Aaron. It says, what are they doing in secular spaces that was Christians can learn from when it comes to music, marketing, and reaching people with a message? That's a good question. What what are are folks doing in secular spaces that we can learn from? And I talk talk about that a lot on the channel. People get mad at me because I'm always trying to learn from (laughs) the best minds regardless Um, of the Christians or not. First off, they're spending money. Okay. So let's just, I mean, I'm just keeping 100. In the secular spaces, they spend in the fifty, the hundred thousand, the you know what I mean, because the return on that is 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 greater. You know, mm-hmm. in this space, that that type of money isn't available as far as the return. Mm. You see, and so because it's not available in the return, then you know you you're limited in the resources. And if you're trying, let's just say, if I took uh, the indie tribe record right now, right, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I took that record with a hundred thousand dollars. Oh, I can break it on what Power 106 in LA. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? I can break mm-hmm. that record on uh, on 92 or or uh, uh um 97 hot 97, you know what I mean? And then now you've been put in a whole different space. It's really about understanding, you know, different marketing side. Now, I will say this. Christian hip hop has leveled the playing field as far as creativity and song structure mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. if you look at what's going on in uh, television, uh, movies, gaming, our music is the ones that are, are, are being played, right? Yep. Think yep. about it. I was watching the uh, BET Awards uh, the other day, and going to the commercial was coming in hot. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like they, mm-hmm. the whole BET commercial was uh, was 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 uh, Lecrae and Andy Minio. Think mm-hmm. about mm-hmm. that. So mm-hmm. it ain't that we don't have the music; it's just that we don't have the budgets. Mm, that's good. That's good. And, I, and I'll tell you a quick story about budgets here in a second. But uh, you brought up Lecrae and Andy Minio. Are Hovey, Andy, and Lecrae being considered for the festival? Um, we talked to Hovey earlier before he signed with Reach Records, and um, and we were supposed to get back. So, you know, it could happen or it couldn't happen. I don't, you know, I don't know. And uh, I think Lecrae had uh, a couple of engagements already prior to that we're in the same year that has been uh, 
uh, push forward. And I think he might either be record, you know, be there or he might not. Cause you know, like I said, we got a mystery. mystery we got headliner. mystery guests. So he could, you know, he could very well be there. Andy, Social Club Misfits. Like, you know, there's a few out there that, that, that uh, could still, you know, happen. You know what I mean? That's good. That's good. Uh, what do you see as the biggest threat to CHH outside of marketing? What would be the future framework look like? So what do you think is the biggest threat to Christian music? And outside of marketing, what do you think the future would look like? I think the future, the, the, the biggest threat is CHH artists themselves. You know, um, <laughs> you got no chill, MC Nice. I love it. Yeah, um, because at the end of the day, it's like you get people saying, "Well, CHH is this, and CHH is that." You know, I should be able to do this. Should be able to do that. Yeah, but you can you can go praise God over there at the secular side and cuss and do all these other things. They do. They allow that over there. I mean, Chance mm-hmm. has done it. Snoop mm-hmm. has done it. Drake mm-hmm. has done it. So they allow that. But, you know, it seems like when you're in this culture, CHH, you should want to take responsibility and accountability. You should want to uh, um, 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 be uh, forthright as far as your word and, and, and understanding of the word when it comes to the fans over here. Because you are leaders and, and a lot of the people that are listening to CHH, some of them is lost. Mm. Some of them need you. You know what I'm saying? And if you and if you're doing the same thing that, as it is in the secular side of things, then what's the difference? They should just go on over there and listen to the rest of the music, you know what I mean, and not get filled with the words. So the 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 only thing that can harm CHH is CHH itself. You know what I mean? Because Come it's on. very it's very solid. Man, man oh man. Man, oh man, that's a, that's, a, that's a mic drop moment. I don't I don't know if there's anything else we need to talk about. The, the biggest threat to CHH <laughs> is Christian Hardest. I think that's it. I think that's 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 why I'm, I'm doing my best to, to make sure you guys know about this and that uh, there's because I know what's gonna happen. MC Nets, what's gonna happen is September 19th. People are gonna see footage on Instagram. People are gonna see footage on uh, you know on, on on Facebook, on TikTok, and they're gonna be like, well, why, "Why didn't you tell me about this event? I didn't know the event was happening." And so we're telling you guys about the event right now. You guys know about the event right now. It's June. The event is July, August, September. It's in three months. Get your tickets. Get your bus to California. Uh, if you can't get to California because you can't travel, get your online passes. They're thirty-five bucks. Um, let me see. Last question. We got a question. What can we do to support for those of us not in the area? What can we do to support for those of us not in the area? It's not, uh, yeah, so I would buy online pass. Yeah, yeah. I would. I would the online. Also, there is merch. If you go to the, you know, go to the uh, the, the festival. Uh, 2020summerfest.com but what's, here's the unique thing we're doing we're doing promotions where um, if you're not here right mm-hmm. um, a lot of churches got hit during pandemic you know a lot of uh, nonprofits got hit during the pandemic so we got this program called sow a seed so mm-hmm. what happens is um, you we're giving a dollar to each charity um, from each t- from the ticket. You know, so for instance, if like Ruse Line, if you go to Ruse Line's link, you know what I mean, and you buy a ticket based on Ruse Line link, then a dollar from the tickets that are sold through Ruse Line will go to either his charity or his charity of choice. And so we we got this program called um, Sow a Seed, this 2020 Summerfest four slash uh, charity, and um, you can do that. So we we want to be we're going to be the fundraiser for a lot of churches that can't have fundraisers because of you know the economic hit so if you want to support 
Yeah, buy the merch. We got some fire merch, by the way. Um, and then also um, buy a ticket. So yeah. a seed. That's good. Last question, uh, Brother Eden. He says, is money, big money, the death of Christian artistry? Now, I mean, the, the, the bottom line is if you are in the business of selling records, is money. I mean, it, everybody's in it. Is You're going to make some money. You have to. Yeah. Or yeah. how do you sustain yourself? So it's not the death. At the end of the day, it's it's like I said, the artists within it. If you get in Christian hip hop and you start blowing up and all of a sudden you want to be, you know, uh, I don't know, one of these mainstream artists where you want to get all the gold chains and all the fly cars. That's going to be the death because now yeah. you're going to have other Christian Christians going, OK, well, it's OK to be Christian and drive a Maybach and a Bentley and and and, and have all these gold chains. You know, but at the end of the day, that's what's going to be the death is 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 if you lose your weight come on that's it mic drop <laughs> mc nice hey the link to tickets is pinned up um the website i think is just 2020 summerfest for merch is that how they get merchandise yeah 2020summerfest.com go to merch yeah yeah, yeah, but if you're going to buy your tickets, buy them through my man Ruse Lines link, for real. Yeah, yeah, that's pinned up right now. Um, two, what is it? The online price is... Um, $20 plus fees. Yeah, $20 plus fees, or $35 for both days online. Yep. So if you can't make it online. Um, any any final words before we get out of here, brother? Uh, thank God. <laughs> yeah. There we go. No, nah, at the end of the day, man, um, yeah. The festival gets nowhere. The culture gets nowhere if we don't support each other. You know what I mean? And at the end of the day, we got to support each other, whether it's God Tells the Hip Hop 2020 Summerfest, um, the uh, um, Flavor Fest, Domination, Legacy. Like, if we don't support all the venues that are are, are, are um, helping elevate the culture, then we're not going to be one. MC Nice, ladies and gentlemen. Amazing. Amazing. Brother, thank you so much. Kingstream Lawn. Hey, thank you so much for making it to the end of this video. If you found it valuable, please consider giving it a like and subscribing. You can check out one of the other videos related to this that'll be over here. Now, I got to tell you about a free training I have for anyone that is an entrepreneur, a creative, an artist, but maybe you are unsure on how to find your voice, how to find your niche. I have a free training in the description of this video. Check it out. Once again, thank you so much for watching. I appreciate you, and I will see you on the next video.